3: There's a team in the NFL and they're pissed. At one player, and we will tell you who that is and why I can understand the anger. And we'll get to that here coming up just a couple of moments from now here on Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox in for Clay Travis here on FSR. You can check out the show as always on the iHeartRadio app. You can find us on hundreds of Fox Sports Radio affiliates and wherever you are taking part in the program. We're taking you all the way up until 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 o'clock Pacific. Clay still vacationing in Mexico having enjoying some time off so we are going to take you into the weekend final hour of the week here so I'll just Put yourself in this position, and I'm not saying anybody's ever been through this, but there's probably some of you listening to this right now, whether you're uh, on the East Coast, the Midwest, whether you're uh, you know, just waking up and getting your day started, uh, listening on the Blowtorch AM 570 LA Sports, or if you're listening on Fox Sports 990 in Hawaii, you know, you're just getting back from uh, you know, doing what you need to do at the bars, whatever the case may be, put yourself in this position. If you chose one person over another at some point in your life only for them to turn their back on you, you'd be kind of pissed, right? Like, you ever uh, have a sort of an uncomfortable situation where, you know, you you got this really good buddy of yours, but he's not really getting along with the girl you just started dating. And in a way, without saying it to his face, you just start to distance yourself from him and you kind of decide you're going to choose her over him. Or vice versa. Ladies, you ever choose a guy over one of your best friends only to find out that, you know, it didn't go well? They kind of burned you in the end. And now you're looking around going, oh man, I made the wrong choice here. Like I threw all my investment into this. And ultimately, here we are. I got burned. I think the Seattle Seahawks feel a little bit of that with Russell Wilson. Because I think the Seattle Seahawks chose Russell Wilson over a lot of others every step of the way during his time in Seattle. All right, just think about this. He gets drafted by the Seahawks. They already spent a good amount of money on Matt Flynn as their quarterback. And what did they do? Chose Russell Wilson over Matt Flynn. The right choice, no doubt about it. He He won the job fair and square. But a lot of teams would have still given the guy they paid the big money to the opportunity to continue to win the job. In fact, a lot of teams would give him the benefit of the doubt all the way through just because of the financial uh, commitment they made. Seattle didn't do that. Seattle gave it to Russell Wilson. No, no, no. We don't care about the money. Screw it. You're our guy. We choose you. They roll with Russell Wilson. And then Seattle's got an opportunity. You know, they got this opportunity. They're in the Super Bowl. They're down towards the goal line. They have an opportunity to give the ball to Marshawn Lynch, to win a Super Bowl, to win a second consecutive Super Bowl, to go back-to-back, to be put in rarefied air in NFL history, to be looked at differently. I mean, think about it. They win that second Super Bowl against New England. We're talking about them as a dynasty. Like, like we're talking about like a legitimate dynasty in the NFL. And what did they do? They chose Russell Wilson to make the final throw of the game and the final play of the game for the touchdown over Marshawn Lynch. That's twice. And then when there was a bunch of pushback and there was a bunch of you know players on defense who didn't get along with Russell Wilson and this this article comes out in which Richard Sherman called him out and you know they would go at it in practice and they would get on Pete Carroll about Pete Carroll being too soft on Russell Wilson and all these like all of this stuff you had you had a core a defensive core of players outspoken loud players a lot of players in that locker room And what did Seattle do? They chose Russell Wilson over all those guys. They said, Russ, you're our guy moving forward. Every step of the way, they've chosen him. All the way through. And what does Russell Wilson do? Demands a meeting. They push back on his ideas. Storms out of the room. Has a rough ending to the season and then makes the rounds as Walter Payton man of the year and starts criticizing the organization and his teammates. I got to be honest with you. I don't blame for Seattle for being pissed. <laughs> Honestly, I don't blame Seattle for being pissed. They chose him every step of the way. Like I don't and, and think about this, the interception in the Super Bowl when you look back on that turnover, what do we say about that play? Ru- uh, Pete Carroll blew it. Right, man, man, Pete Daryl Bevel blew it. Hold on a second. Pete Carroll didn't throw the interception. Russell Wilson did. Daryl Bevel didn't throw the interception. Russell Wilson did. So Pete Carroll and the organization has been laying on the windshield For Russell Wilson this entire time, they didn't make the throw. Russell Wilson did. They made the play call, but he made the throw. In no other walk of life do we look back at interceptions, especially in Super Bowls, and say, oh, how dare that coach? No, we blame the quarterback. Neil O'Donnell threw a couple of picks at Super Bowl 30 against the Cowboys. Does anybody stand up and go, damn you, Bill (laughs) Cowher? Nobody does it. He's the guy who gets the blame. Like I, I don't understand. And and, and here's Pete Carroll. They're looking around, going, "Hold on, look, bro! We, we threw all everything behind you—money, commitment, chose you over everybody—and you're going to wear us out in the media afterwards." My ass, that ain't happening. And that's why when this article comes out via the Athletic on Thursday. In which they detail this sort of uh, rift between the two, and they go into uh, to all the, you know this discussion about Russell Wilson. You know, wanted wanted more play calling and wanted to have uh, you know authority and on the offense and all this other stuff. And they said no, and he storms out of the room. Like this, this piece that came out in the Athletic was their counter to Russell Wilson's behavior after the season. That's exactly what this was. They were unhappy about the idea of their quarterback going on the Dan Patrick show here on Fox Sports Radio and then making the rounds in the media criticizing the organization, criticizing his teammates, throwing people under the bus. And so how do they respond? All right, here's this. We're going to go to the Athletic. And it was a well-done piece in the Athletic. Michael Sean Duggar, Mike Sando, Jason Jenks all did a phenomenal job. But I think this was a counter to how Russell Wilson behaved after the year. And the money quote in all of this that, that proves to me that this was clearly Seattle trying to set the record straight was this. All right, this is after Russell Wilson had struggled towards the end of the season because look, five weeks into the year, MVP of the league. Wasn't even a discussion. And then they get to a Sunday night game against Arizona. You remember that one? There was like or it was a Sunday or a Monday night or it might have been a Thursday, but they were un, in prime time against Arizona, and they go into overtime, and Russell Wilson crapped the bed. It was a vomit bomb performance. and it just slowly started to go the other way. And next thing you know, the defense is playing better, and Russell Wilson's playing worse. And there was talks that, well, you know, Pete wanted to, you know, rein him in a little bit because he felt like the turnovers were too much. And, you know, next thing you know, the defense is playing better and Seattle goes on a run. But this was the quote that tells me everything I need to know about how Seattle feels about Russell Wilson's behavior during the season. This from the Athletic article. Quote, Russell's finally catching heat, one person told The Athletic. That's the main reason for all of this. People are talking and holding him accountable because he's one of the highest paid quarterbacks and he says he wants to be the greatest. So now people are holding him to that standard. It's a PR game, the person added. He's trying to protect himself. Another source agreed saying, quote, what he's trying to do is save face. Tell me that. Is not coming from the Seattle Seahawks, right? Tell me that's just somebody who happened to walk by, or somebody that was in a boat nearby. You know, maybe it's one of those guys off Deadliest Catch. You know, it's one of the guys off the Northwestern who uh, stumbled out of a bar uh, after a six-month run uh, chasing crab, and he just happened to be at the Seahawks facility, and he overheard some things. No, 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 no. Stop. This was the Seahawks trying to let everybody know, hey, man. Let's call this what it is. The guy stunk towards the end of the year, and now he's trying to save his own ass. That's all this is. That's what the Seahawks are telling you. And I got to be truthful with you. I don't blame them. I'd be pissed too. They've thrown their support behind Russell Wilson this whole time. Financially, relationships-wise, you name it. Pete Carroll's a defensive coach. He's a defensive-minded coach. You don't think Pete Carroll is thinking to himself, hey, man, you know, I, I, I kind of like my defense. I kind of like what we've done on that side of the ball. They're really sort of, you know, the secret ingredient of this team. I mean, is it any coincidence that since all those guys left, the Seahawks haven't sniffed a Super Bowl? And, and look, I'm not saying Russell Wilson's not a great quarterback. He's a Hall of Famer. But let's, you know, let's if we're gonna be fair about this, let's be fair. He wasn't good towards the end of the season. For all this MVP talk, he got outplayed in a playoff game by Jared Goff, who had one hand. Like he got outplayed by Jamie Lannister off Game of Thrones in a playoff game. At home. <laughs> At home. Like, I mean what like what so what are we saying here? It's just like if you're the Seahawks you're looking around going, "I don't know, man. It's you know, like this guy's running his mouth and he's saying a bunch of stuff about us. I mean, if we're going to we're going to tell truths here, I I don't blame him. I honestly don't. I think the Seahawks have every right to be upset. I would be pissed too. I'd be 100% pissed. So, it's clear there's is issues. Uh these two sides are not getting along. It's clear these things have come out and look, the C- uh, Russell Wilson's camp, they countered this article because all of a sudden Adam Schefter's got a report in which he talked to Russell Wilson's agent saying, oh, there's, you know, he doesn't want out of Seattle, but if he did, here are the four teams he would consider. Uh, the Raiders, the Cowboys, the Saints, and the Bears. That's like me telling my wife, hey, listen, I have no interest in sleeping with any of your friends, but if I did, here are my top four. Like, what? <laughs> like, how would that fly? So we're going to see how this plays out. But I actually, I said this earlier, I think there's a legit chance Russell Wilson could get dealt. I really do. I believe there's enough here that the relationship is this strained. Jonas Knox in for Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Get me on Twitter, at the Jonas Knox, at the Jonas Knox on Twitter. Uh, Coming up next, we are going to get a glimpse into the future. What could it possibly look like? for one of the great athletes of our era. Find out who we're talking about next here on Fox Sports Radio.
1: This is Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis.
3: Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Jonas Knox in for Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up here 10 minutes from now on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, if you want a more bizarre detail to a situation in the NFL, we've got it for you. Because uh, apparently... Um, some front office executive in the NFL is just like us. He is just like you. He is just like me. Uh, we will get that uh, for you here coming up in 10 minutes from now on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, right now, uh, we welcome in, uh, you always hear him here on with Clay Travis every single week here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, he is the pro football doc, Dr. David Chow joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Get him on Twitter, at pro football Doc. You see his work on Outkick, uh, Sirius X. As well, and obviously every week here with Clay Travis. Uh, Dr. David Chow, how are you? Jonas Knox in for Clay. Uh,
2: Thanks for having me on. Appreciate
3: you. Oh, no. Appreciate you jumping on with us here. Um, I wanted to to ask you obviously, with the Tiger Woods uh, news that came out earlier this week and the accident and the surgeries and whatnot, just based on what you know about his situation. Do, is it? do we have a timeline or what you expect from him should he be able to return or is it still too early and, and what do we need to happen next for us to even consider uh, whether or not he's going to be able to, to live a normal life and, and maybe hopefully one day get back on a golf course
2: well the first worry is how does he prevent infection how do the doctors prevent infection because it was an open fracture in two different places It seems like a pretty significant crush wound, fasciotomies where the wounds were left open. Uh, There's been no new announcement, but he undoubtedly has undergone further procedures to clean up the wound, wound vax. He's going to undergo further surgery to close the wounds. And the whole key here is you don't want this to become an Alex Smith situation where there's a raging infection. That's what will complicate things quite a bit. If he can avoid that, and the soft tissue can get covered and i keep talking about the soft tissue the muscles and the skin even though mo- the focus of most people in the lay public is the crushed bones and the multiple fractures the bones are going to be okay as long as there's no infection but that's what we need to wait to see but uh you know certainly he's not coming back in 2021 um, and let's hope for next year and let's see what happens
3: how common? Because you mentioned the Alex Smith stuff, and and obviously anybody who's seen uh, you know the E sixty on Alex Smith and just everything that that he went through uh, because of the infection. How common are infections? Because I, I guess and, and maybe I just only paid attention to it because it was Alex Smith. But is, is this a normal thing and a normal occurrence that happens with injuries like Alex Smith and Tiger Woods?
2: Well, anytime there's an open fracture, it literally means the bone pokes through the skin inside and out and then you know things can get contaminated the number one goal for emergent orthopedic surgery is to clean up the wound to try and prevent any infection so is it common no it's not supposed to happen that's what you're trying to prevent but can it happen? Yes, because this is, you know, uh, anytime your bone, in, in Alex Smith case, uh, they said in the E60 special, they dug sock out of the wound. You know, they dug a piece of sock and obviously dirt. Now, the whole idea of the initial surgery is to clean that up to prevent it, but, you know, things happen. And, and this is why a lot of times you don't even give definitive fixation. You try and do as little as possible early on because of the risk of infection. But each case is different. But I will tell you this, in terms of the initial amount of trauma and the fracture itself, there is no question that Tiger Woods injuries are much worse in terms of higher energy and more comminution, more pieces. Obviously, he's fractured in several different areas in that right leg. Uh, Worse than Alex Smith right now. Alex Smith's situation became much worse because of the infection. And so that's what we're waiting to see on Tiger. Hopefully there's no infection. And then the other issue is hopefully there's enough tissue that survives that he doesn't need a flap like Alex Smith did, where you're moving muscle uh, sometimes from other parts of your body to get coverage over the bone to be able to close the wound. And sorry for being so grotesque, but that's the issue. It's the soft tissue right now.
3: No, but I think it's all great information. Dr. David Chow joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox in for Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage here on FSR. And I was going to ask, you brought up the contamination aspect. How how does contamination happen? Is it something as simple as a sock, um, you know, a, a piece of dirt, a piece of lint? How does that actually happen and turn into what we saw from Alex Smith and potentially what could happen with Tiger Woods?
2: Yeah, and, and you know, the, the regular outkick in Fox Sports listeners understand that, you know, I'm not speaking from insider information where I've looked at Alex Smith or, well, I guess we've seen Alex Smith's x-rays from the E60 special yeah. in his situation, but uh, Tiger Woods x-rays or whatever, but the biggest organ in the body, the largest organ in the body is what? Is your skin. And without your skin... Everything on the outside of the skin—if you uh, you can wash your hands, swab anything, you know your your arm, your hand, your foot—there are there's bacteria and germs on it. Okay, that's just the way our life is. Your mouth has a lot of bacteria, even right after you brush your teeth, and if you have the bone can easily get infected and deep wounds can easily get infected if the skin is broken. And in the case of Tiger Alex, not only is the skin broken, but if you've seen that E60 special, his bone and even the metal plates were hanging out in the wind. That is a guaranteed infection situation because you have to have the covering to protect it. And if you don't, you have to clean up underneath and then figure out a way to get it covered. And that's the issue. Any bone that's sticking out in air is going to guarantee be infected unless it can get covered. So that's sort of the issue.
3: Uh, No, it's and great information from uh, Dr. David Chow here on Fox Sports Radio. Now, you also um, obviously on OutKick, uh, you do a lot of work there. And something that I just saw uh, tweeted out a short time ago, you actually looked at how COVID could impact the evaluation of players in the NFL for this year's draft. Um, Can you explain just sort of what you think could be an issue for some of these guys coming into the draft?
2: Well, here's the thing. Right now, in a normal year, the entire NFL world would be in Indianapolis at the combines. 330 athletes would be there, all 32 teams, executives from top to bottom, scouts, coaches, the entire medical staff, not just one doctor and one athletic trainer. Uh, four or five athletic trainers, uh, three, four, or five doctors, all in Indianapolis to poke prod look at these players and medical is the biggest part of the combine the meat market so so to speak the underwear olympics part will get taken <laughs> care of by pro days but the meat market part how you how are you going to examine all these people right. the pandemic effect continues remember last year the NFL got the combines in and then kind of the world shut down, right? Yeah. This year, they're not able to get the combine in. So what's going to happen, and we do tell it in the OutKick article, is the NFL is going to do its best it can. Instead of uh, seeing all these athletes in person, all, each of the 32 teams are going to get assigned about 10 players to do virtual exams on. Get MRIs, x-rays, EKGs, the whole deal, and do telemedicine, Zoom, virtual exams. Write a report on each of these players. Distribute it to the rest of the league. Now, normally, after this in-person combine, there's a recheck combine in about six weeks where, let's say, about 50 athletes that have current surgeries or issues get invited back to. Or, you know, the bigger injury concern to follow up, a fracture healing or an ACL surgery or what have you, those 50 will still get invited to in person combines, rechecks, where there's just one doctor and one athletic trainer in Indianapolis in early April, six weeks from now. But they're going to add another 100 players, what they think that players that are likely to go in day one and day two in the first three rounds and send them there for the limited exam so there'll be 150 athletes in about six weeks in indianapolis for a limited in-person medical evaluation the higher draft picks and the riskier injury profiles
3: uh he is dr david chow i have heard you on with clay before doctor uh your uh, your daughter goes to south carolina correct Correct. Okay, I, I bring that up because I actually worked in South Carolina and covered the Gamecocks. Did she, has she had an opportunity to go to a, a football game at Williams-Brice yet?
2: Yeah, and uh, actually uh, for uh, parents' uh, weekend when she was a freshman, our, uh, our whole family, the other kids and my wife, we all went
3: it's one of the more underrated college football venues it doesn't get talked about enough Williams Bryce a game at South Carolina is fantastic so uh, that, well that's the, a
2: the, the most the games. most impressive thing is uh, uh, a friend uh, a booster he's got one of those uh, Condos right across the street, oh, right? Oh yes, we were,
3: yes. Uh, <laughs> I forget the name
2: of it, and 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 we're out on the balcony. Besides looking out and seeing, it's a massive tailgate scene. This was last year pre-COVID, all right. right it was a massive right. tailgate scene, but and and to me, the two most impressive things were. A gas station you could see right there that basically was closed. That's rented yes. out as a tailgate lot, right? <laughs> I mean, you're parked next to the gas pump and you're tailgating. And the second most impressive thing is is helicopters coming in, landing at like, uh, is it like a beer distributor ship I don't know. Right there, landing, dropping off people and taking off. A helicopter coming. It's like oh, it's it's, awesome. it is a crazy scene.
3: Yeah, it is. Uh, there's a There's a Bojangles across the street from what I remember, and that's a, that's a, you know big business if you know people are drunk and they want something to eat, so they walk over there afterwards. No, it, it is a lot of fun, and that's one of the things I'm looking forward to if we get back to to some sort of normalcy in college football. Uh, that's always uh, just a fun atmosphere to be a part of. SEC, um, you know, just the South football's different down there so um, that's awesome you got to be a part of it uh doctor we appreciate it uh thank you for popping on get him on twitter at pro doc he's got great stuff about the combine the impacts of it uh in regards to COVID and how some of these players could be evaluated dr david chow thanks so much for hanging out with us here and have a great weekend thank you uh there he is uh, again get him on twitter at pro football doc by the way he brings a, a good point man i i think people forget just how close the NFL was to disaster because just just think about where we were Super Bowl all right we I I had a chance to go out there for Fox Sports Radio and we were in Miami in the convention center that we were at I mean it was you know I mean you were packed in like sardines towards the end of the week everybody was there you were just you know hanging out everybody's talking socializing it's you know radio row Super Bowl normal stuff And then you had the Combine shortly after. Obviously, you had the Super Bowl, and then you had the Combine shortly after. And then the entire country shut down. Everything shut down. Had it happened maybe a month before, maybe uh, the the country reacted a little sooner, a month before, we're talking potentially no Super Bowl, no Combine. I mean, the NFL really did get lucky. They, They got lucky to be able to get everything in, and and to be able to get their season, get their combine, and all that stuff in, because middle of March, and it's crazy to think we're coming up on a year that that actually happened. Middle of March, everything shut down. The NFL was so fortunate. We could say, "Hey, the NFL's king," and they'll figure it out. Man, the NFL lucked out. Let's be honest here. I, I'm I'm I love the NFL. But the NFL lucked out. They got very fortunate last year. And it's just it, it, it's amazing to see that it's been a year. And here we are coming back to when everything all started last year because of COVID. Jonas Knox in for Clay Travis. Get me on Twitter at the Jonas Knox at the Jonas Knox on Twitter. Uh, coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio. Apparently somebody in an NFL front office is just like you
1: and me. Apparently they are. I'll tell you why next. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific.
3: It's Jonas Knox in for Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, coming up 12 minutes from now here on FSR. Now that you look back, based on recent information and developments, now that you look back... Fox Sports Radio is where it all started, all right? I will explain coming up uh, 12 minutes from now uh, on Fox Sports Radio. So the uh, the Deshaun Watson uh, story that's out, uh, Deshaun Watson apparently met with uh, David Coley, uh, his, uh, his head coach in Houston. And uh, even though they met last Friday, apparently Deshaun Watson did not budge. He told him, I'm not playing. I don't plan on playing again for the Houston Texans. Uh, and that's just the way this is going to go. So can't really talk me into it. I'm not playing. That's just, it's not happening. And so, look, if it were me, the, the way I look at this situation, Deshaun Watson signed the contract. He signed the contract after DeAndre Hopkins was traded. And after he signed the contract, he was emotional thanking Bill O'Brien, Jack Easterby, and the McNairs. And then all of a sudden, a few months later, uh, it's the worst organization in the world. I don't know. I call BS. Uh, I I just I'm not I'm not buying it. I'm not buying the spin on it. I think this is a total spin job. Uh, I don't think they're the worst organization in the world. I think this has been uh, overblown on the dysfunction of the organization. I'm just not buying it. I'm not buying it. I mean, last 10 years, the Texans have been to the playoffs more than 75 percent of the NFL. That's dysfunctional. Okay. Whatever you say, all right, but but let let people in the media run with it, and let Deshaun Watson you know makes these passive aggressive tweets, and everybody reads real deep into them, and then feels bad for all, like all the stuff as usual. That's fine, we can play that game, but apparently, Nick Casario, the general manager, is just like you and I. All right. Apparently, that's the thing. All right. So, if you ever wondered what's it like to be a front office member or a general manager in the NFL, you're not that far off, because um, according to Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network, he's reporting that because Nick Casario won't even discuss trades, right now, and, and this has been out there when when teams even bring up the idea of trading Deshaun Watson, Nick Casario changes the subject. It's gotten to the point that whenever they call Nick Casario and he doesn't answer, teams are now leaving voicemails with trade offers. <laughs> Just think about that. They're now leaving voicemails with trade offers. Now um, – that sounds a little bit over the top to me. Uh, I, I don't know exactly the specifics of that. Uh, I don't know if they're actually discussing the compensation. Like, you imagine John Gruden uh, having a corona, calling up uh, 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 you know, Nick Casario and saying, hey, man, I'm not even going to try and do a Gruden impression. I'm just not going to do it. Uh, you imagine John Gruden calling up Nick Casario and saying, hey, man, uh, so I've been thinking about it. All right, we'll give you Derek Carr. Uh, we'll give you Darren Waller and a second-round pick. Like, what? Like that's where we're at. And first of all, who checks voicemails anyways? And who leaves voicemails? Like, I don't even know anybody that actually records their voicemail message saying the whole leave a message thing. I don't even think anybody does that anymore. The way it works is you call somebody, they don't answer, you send them a text. Or you call them and they don't answer. You don't leave a voicemail and you don't text them. And if they don't return your call, now that everybody's got caller ID, you take it personally. Back in the day, you called somebody and you didn't want to talk to them. You either had to disguise your voice or you just didn't answer the phone or you had somebody else in the house answer the phone. I can remember my mom pulling this on my brother. My brother was dating some girl. He didn't want anything to do with her. All right, she was a little bit out to lunch. He didn't want anything to do with her. The phone ring in the house before caller ID, before all that stuff. And it was one of those wall phones you pull off and it's got the big, uh, you know, uh, cord uh, on the end of it that, you know, you can run a mile with. Uh, And she picks up the phone. And my brother says, uh, I'm not here. I'm not here. And she says, uh, hello. And it's the girl and my mom, because this is what she would do. And this is where maybe I get my, you know, our our effed up sense of humor from. My mom just says to her on the other end, yeah, he says he's not here. And my brother ran out of the house, mortified, completely humiliated. That was the good old days. Nowadays, everybody's got caller ID. So you don't leave voicemails. You just, they could see who calls. You send them a text if they don't answer, and you roll with it. But apparently in the NFL – GMs are like, no, no, no. We're just going to leave messages with trade offers. (laughs) Like like, That is how bizarre this story is. Now, I'm not doubting the reporting of Tom Pelissero. It just feels a little bit far-fetched that teams around the NFL are so desperate to get a hold of Nick Casario that they're leaving trade offers on the voicemail. I don't know. I just don't think voicemails are that important in today's society. You know, just being truthful. Uh, Jonas Knox in for Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage here on Fox Sports Radio from the Farmers Outkick Studios. Uh, Coming up next, um, Fox Sports Radio, right? Fox Sports Radio and mornings on Fox Sports Radio are the reason we are here and at this point in the NFL. I'll tell you why. That's next here on FSR.
1: This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis.
3: Man, this song stinks. Jonas Knox in for Clay Travis. This is out. Kick the coverage here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm kidding. It looked, we can bust balls here. It's a Friday, all right. We're heading into the into the weekend, trying to send you off in a good mood. So I uh, hope everybody has a safe one out there uh, this weekend uh, that took part in the program here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, coming up in a little over 10 minutes from now and it's appropriate this is appropriate because coming up in a little over 10 minutes from now on many of these fox sports radio affiliates it's dan patrick show and um it's appropriate because that's where this whole russell wilson thing started i mean we had no knowledge of anything going on like there was no knowledge at all of anything going on with russell wilson we just thought hey you know disappointed disappointing conclusion to the season they go into the playoffs it's you know it's a bummer it's a bummer to see how this thing all turned out and it's similar to the Alex Smith story in, in Washington like nobody knew that there was bad blood there We just thought that, oh, you know, Alex Smith, I mean, you know, his his leg finally gave out towards the end of the season. There was fatigue. That's why they started Taylor Heineke, only to find out that reportedly Alex Smith was upset because Ron Rivera said, oh, you know, we probably could do this with Kyle Allen. He's got a a lot of the same characteristics. And then Ron Rivera, uh, Alex Smith wasn't happy about, uh, you know, uh, them deciding to go with Taylor Heineke in the playoff game and all that. It's like on the outside we thought everything was perfect. And the comparison I used was Sandra Bullock is accepting like, uh, you know, when an Oscar or some award and she's thanking her husband and you know she's on stage and they have this emotional moment and she's telling him how great he is and he's got tears in his eyes and she's got tears in her eyes and like uh, two weeks later we find out he slept with everybody in town behind her back it's like whoa hold on (laughs) like the presentation we thought it was different like hold on a second wait what it's like Russell Wilson we thought oh you know but but it's Russ go Hawks you know what I mean come on everything's fine in Seattle And then, you know, he does this interview on the Dan Patrick Show... And because Dan Patrick's one of the great interviews in the history of media, because uh, Todd Fritz is the greatest guest booker in the history of, of sports radio. And, and the way that they set that thing up, Russell Wilson was in the right place at the right time. He had some, yeah, he had Go some hugs. things to say. Uh, listen, uh, you, know, that, uh, you know, the tone on that voice will make people do weird things. But, uh, you know, had, uh, had some things to say. And um, next thing you know, people are going, huh. Did Russell call out his teammates? Did he call out his organization? Like, what is, like, what? was he getting at there? And instead of Russell Wilson coming out afterwards and saying, no, 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 let me let me just go ahead and clear the air here. This is what I meant. No, he doubled down on it. He doubled down and, and all of a sudden was doing these other interviews talking about, I don't want to take that many hits and I don't want – it's like, whoa, whoa. So when you saw the article come out with The Athletic, I'm telling you, this was the Seattle Seahawks' counterpunch to what Russell Wilson did, starting with the Dan Patrick show here on Fox Sports Radio. It's exactly what it was. The Seattle Seahawks saw it and said, oh, okay, we're going to play that game, huh? Oh, we can play that game too. Watch this. And in essence, what Seattle said was, Russ didn't play well towards the end of the season, He's getting paid a lot of money and because of which he's going to be held to a different standard period. That's the way this is going to work. This was, and when you've got somebody in the article saying this was a PR game, uh, Russell Wilson's trying to protect himself. uh, He's trying to save face. All of that was in this athletic article that came out. When you've got that stuff being attached to Russell Wilson, In other words, what they're saying is, dude, you played like ass towards the end of the season and you're trying to blame everybody else for it. That's what this was. You played like crap. Like you lost the playoff game to Jared Goff, who had one hand. Like I I don't like you're you're trying to place blame on everybody else, but I mean come on now. And this was the Seattle Seahawks front office. This was the organization. This was sources within the organization or surrounding the organization saying, okay, if you guys want to know what's really happening, let us show you what's really happening here. And part of the reason why I believe they're pissed off is because they did throw all their support behind Russell Wilson. They did when they chose him over Matt Flynn. They did when they gave him the football in the Super Bowl over Marshawn Lynch. They chose him over all those voices on defense. And did you notice Richard Sherman on Twitter yesterday kind of, uh, you know, sent out the uh, I'm going to keep my mouth closed emoji? And a lot of people took that as, oh, man, that's Richard Sherman saying, man, Pete Carroll's the problem. I didn't take that as, as Richard Sherman saying that. I took that as a lot of those guys tried to tell people. They tried to tell people a long time ago, you know, maybe what you think he is and what you think is going on here, maybe it isn't actually the case. You know, maybe, maybe that's not actually the case here. You know, maybe they threw their support behind the wrong guy. You know, just saying. So there's a lot of layers to all this. Uh, it's going to be really, really fascinating to watch. Uh, we've already seen, uh, uh, you know, the counter punches being thrown by each side, but don't forget. It all started here on the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. And ironically, and most appropriately, is coming up next here on FSR. Uh, It's been fun sitting in for Clay. We will be back on Monday. Jonas Knox in for Clay. Travis is outkick the coverage for Roberto, Eddie, and Coop. We appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Dan Patrick is next.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Oh, oh.